Shaletta Brundage is known as the autism mom, not just because she's got three kids on the spectrum, but because she's an advocate who works to educate and inspire other moms of kids with special needs. You know, our kiddos, our kids, our children have just been slammed. They've had the COVID pandemic. Schools were shut down. They were isolated from their friends in their support system. And as parents, we didn't have anybody we could call to say, hey, how did you handle that time when there was a pandemic and your child couldn't get to basketball, football, school? How'd you you deal with that? There was no precedent as a parent of how you should navigate or handle your children during this time. And, And because of that, we experienced a mental health crisis for our kids. And the CDC even declared it. You know, and, and you know, as parents, I have to say, it, it's difficult to say my child needs some help and I can't figure it out. Because as parents, we want to be the problem solvers. We want to be the ones to say, I know what's wrong with my kid. I'm his mama. Who knows him better than I do? Who knows her better than I do? I, I, I birthed her. I breastfed her. I changed her pampers. But those counselors, those therapists, they're there for a reason. Those organizations that stand in the gap to help our children with their mental health needs are absolutely needed. And they were slammed during the pandemic. Waiting lists got longer. Staff members left. So the staffing shortage was real. You got a long wait list and a short staff list. That that don't match. But I'm so glad that we have people like Craig Warren stepping up. He's the new CEO of Washburn Center, um, making him the first person of color to lead the nonprofit. He has been the acting CEO since May. And I just can't wait to talk to him about how this pandemic has impacted our kids, their mental health, and how he has taken on this role. And he has seen it as a catalyst and not seen this situation as a catastrophe. Babe, let me tell you something, Craig. I thought I saw the glasses half full. You see the glasses all the way full, and I know damn well ain't but a half glass of water over there. You are looking at this pandemic and the mental health crisis, and you are saying, you know what? This is a great opportunity for us to change things, to do something new and different, and, and to make a difference for our kids. I'm, I'm welcoming you to this show, and I'm hoping some of your optimism rubs off on me today. Well, thank you, Shaletta. Thank you. Now, talk to me about this new CEO role. You were over at Twin Cities United Way. You've come over to the Washburn Center. Uh, you've been there since May. What are some of the things that you see um, that are going to be some of the first things that you prioritize for our kids who are experiencing a mental health crisis? Well, I mean, you talked about it, Shaletta. You talked about the impact on staff. We do what we do because of incredibly talented, compassionate, dedicated clinicians, and it's very challenging for them. So one of the things we're doing is really making sure that we're taking care of the health and wellness of our staff. Um, because that's mm. where we're able to support the kids. And it's kind of like if you're on an airplane, kind of put the mask on yourself before you put the mask 
on, on, you know, on the child is sort of a similar thing. So that's very important to us in terms of how we invest in the development of our staff, how we focus on making sure they're taking care of themselves and that we're retaining them. That's a huge focus in terms of our ability to do our work to support the kids and the families that are navigating this crisis. Now, you know, I've talked to a couple of people that I know, and, and one of the things that kept coming up is bold. They keep saying you're a bold leader. You're a bold leader. Um, if you had to describe yourself and, and looking at this boldness and, you know, another thing that, that came up is compassion and, you know, equity and growth. Uh, uh, when they talk about bold and you think of yourself, what, where does that come from? What does that look like? I mean, I, I mean, a part of it comes from being an African-American man who's grown up in America and in my professional life, spending a lot of time in spaces where there's not a lot of other black men or black people or even brown people in that. So I think if, if you're going to go into the world and do, you know, the talents that are given to you and bring those and manifest those in spaces where people who are like you aren't there, inherent in that has got to be a degree of, of, of boldness. And that certainly um, is the case for me. Um, and I, I'm also driven by being bold to make things happen. Um, equity is so, so important in terms of the work that Washburn does and in terms of our broader kind of country and society moving forward. And I think you have to be bold when you're talking about dealing with some of the systemic biases and systemic racism that have existed within this country, you're not going to be able to counter that and then really help people who are impacted by that unless there's a degree of boldness, I believe, as part of your leadership. And, you know, I was looking at some of the statistics and um, the Washburn Center, 50 percent of the clients are uh, children from communities of color. And, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that you are there now and you see things from a different lens, um, you know, it, it makes a difference. You know, I've, I've got this podcasting platform and three of our podcasts are hosted um, by licensed professional therapists, all African-American. And, you know, the thing that we talk about all the time is making sure that, you know, when kids, our kids come to us and their parents come to us, we can understand the culture, the history, how difficult, you know, making a decision to even call a therapist was in the first place. And the fact that this may be the first time in, you know, that particular family's history that they even reached out for help. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, I mean... I mean, it's a cliche, but representation really does matter on every mm-hmm. on every level in terms of um, black and brown people feeling like they can pursue this as a career, them feeling like they can advance into leadership roles within that, even for families feeling like they want to get pursue services. I mean, because within some communities, particularly black and brown communities, there's a little bit of a stigma and a bias against pursuing mental health and acknowledging kind of the importance of that and the trauma, particularly with black people that we've faced over generations and generations that manifest in a lot of ways, which really is not an aspect of our culture, really is a manifestation of, of multi-generational trauma. So seeing people in leadership roles, seeing people in clinical roles, who look mm-hmm. like you, who have the same cultural identities as you, as you, is so important in terms of the quality of care and in terms of being able to kind of recruit and retain uh, clinicians and staff. And, you know, I'm just so glad you're there. I'm glad we're having this conversation. Uh, we're talking to uh, Craig Warren, the new acting CEO of the Washburn Center, uh, the first leader of color in the nonprofit history. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to continue to talk to Craig about the future, the vision. 
vision he has for this historic center. More with Craig after the break. We are continuing our conversation with Craig Warren, the new acting CEO at the Washburn Center. And Craig, I want to talk about how we normalize mental health, especially in communities of color. Um, You know, I've got three kids with autism, and I remember thinking something's not right about my kids. They're not looking at me. They're not really talking to me. Uh, They're not responding. They don't don't know how to play with their toys. And I remember going to my mom and saying, Mama, something's wrong with my baby. And she's like, oh, ain't nothing wrong with the baby. And I said, well, I'm going to take him somewhere maybe and get him tested. That, that baby does not need no testing, Chiletta. You just, you just being dramatic. Leave that child alone. He'll talk when he gets ready to talk. And so as I started moving into these spaces and, and talking to, you know, my white female counterparts, they were not having this resistance. And it wasn't just my mm-hmm. mom. It was my aunts. It was my uncles. You know, it was my grandmother. It was my great-grandmother. Leave that baby alone. He's not bothering you. He's sitting over there quiet. But he should be talking to me. He should be asking me for something. He should be trying to get potty trained. And so I, I don't know if there is a shame or a stigma um, or, you know, I don't know what it is, but we have got to start normalizing, you know, uh, and prioritizing the mental health of our children in communities of color. No, I totally agree. And I but I think going back to I think this is one of the manifestations of of racism in the in the U.S. within uh, the black community and other communities of color. There's a complicated um, relationship with the medical uh, system. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, just more, bro- more broadly, even beyond mental health. And I think when you there's a broader, complicated kind of troubled history just with the medical system and healthcare system in general. And when you dial in on that for mental health, that gets even more complicated um, within that. So I think there are um, these biases um, coming out of racism and some negative things which these systems have done that haven't been in the best interest of our communities that very rationally have people kind of hesitant to engage with that. So I think that's something that's real that's out there. But back to what we were talking about before the break, representation matters. Seeing people who are in these fields like you makes a difference in terms of your willingness to go to that. Hearing other people you know talk about this. I mean, I'm so grateful for what Simone Biles did. I think what Simone Biles did during the Olympics I think it actually had for our community and for the society as a whole began a shift in terms of the stigma around mental health. Because if someone's like her and she clearly is at the top of her game and she is struggling with this, it's okay for me to struggle with this. And from Naomi Osaka and Michael Phelps and other athletes on that stage to come, you know, beyond that, I think is a shift in terms of there's something going on. I'm a parent. I need to get help. I'm a child. I need to say I need to ask for help. And I think that help shift the stigma because it is, um, I would argue, a little bit of a cultural societal bias and stigma around this. And you need the people around you to talk about and be vulnerable about when they got care for their kids or they got care for themselves and having other people who are influencers talk about the importance of mental health. And I think that begins that shift. And, you know, I'm telling you, I am always talking about it. And, um, you know, some people come to me and say, well, can you talk about something else? You know, you every time I turn on the radio or every time I look at a social media post, you're talking about autism or you're talking about, you know, kids going to get your kids going to therapy or, you know, I said, because somebody's got to say it. 
know, if I don't say mm-hmm. it and I, and I have this platform and I have this stage, then who will? You know, there's a mother out there who's looking at her child and she's seeing that something is not quite right. And if she hears me, then, then maybe she goes and, and gets her child tested or, or her child checked. If I talk about the difficulty I had raising uh, three children with special needs at the same time, and then going through a divorce then you know, and, and how, you know, seeing somebody and talking to somebody helped me, then maybe they'll think that it's okay too. Because you know as well as I do, Craig, in our community, if you need to talk to somebody and you need some help and you can't pray your way through it, that's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And, I, and I'm so grateful for what you're doing with that because I think we need more people who have a voice to talk about this, to as you talked about, um, to normalize it. Because I... I I can't tell you, you asked me why I'm hopeful about this work, because when I talk to families who've gotten services and have been impacted by that, there's no way you can't be helpful, because parents are at a point where, like you talked about, this is my baby, this is my child, and I can't provide for them what they need, and I don't know what to do, and that is so demoralizing, and to be at a place Mm. where you hear parents on the other side of that, where their child, I didn't know what to do, and I didn't have hope, and now I have hope, Mm. and not only do I have hope, I see my child change. I see my child grow who might have been suicidal and now they're graduating from college. My child was in preschool and was going to be expelled. And because of the support and services they got, they're able to self-regulate and express themselves in in, in school. I mean, Shaletta, there's no way not to be hopeful and optimistic, optimistic when you see the challenges that families and kids are facing and then you see people come through the other side of that and how transformative that is for the child, is for the family, for the siblings. Okay, what is um, your big picture goal over at the Washburn Center? You know, you've been there since May, um, and I know you've got a lot of things that you want to do and and are excited to get started. But what's one of the first things, um, you know, the one thing that you say, I can't wait till this happens? I cannot wait um, for us to continue to deepen the work we're doing on equity, diversity, and inclusion. You talked about the Mm -hmm. fact that over 50% of the kids and families we serve, as you know, 50% of the population of Minnesota or even the Twin Cities. So the work that we do around with our staff around making sure that the services we provide become even more culturally responsive is one of the first things I want to focus on because there's a crisis out there for our kids and the kid, brown and black kids are overrepresented and and they need they need that support on that and continuing to build our capability on that um, is is important to me for our mission and important to me personally. Well, I can't thank you enough, Craig Warren, for coming on this show and talking to me about this difficult topic. I want to check in in a couple of months to see how things are going um, because you got a lot of work to do. Um, and, you know, we we are here to support you and give you a platform so that um, you can get the word and the message out to the masses um, that it is okay to not feel okay. And if you see that there is a problem um, in your child, there is a, a phone number you can call and a place you can go um, to not just get them help, but to get yourself educated because we can't help them if we don't know what they need. So, so thank you for mm-hmm. the work that you do, the vision that you have, and for coming on this show today. Always fun and informative, Shaletta's a big draw at autism conferences across the country. Find out how you can book her as a featured speaker for your next event at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. 
You deserve more internet than what you get from just your cell phone. Get free high-speed internet at home, a $29.95 value, when you qualify for Internet Essentials Plus and the Affordable Connectivity Program. Enjoy more streaming, gaming, and video chatting on more devices for free. With unlimited data and a wireless gateway included at no extra cost. No fees, no taxes, and no annual contract. Connect to more of what you love for free with Xfinity and the Affordable Connectivity Program. Click, call, or visit a store to learn more. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at UHC.com. Plan benefits may vary. When you're running your own business, it's exciting to imagine what's possible and overwhelming to think about how to make it work. You need a banker to help meet challenges and make the most of opportunities to grow. At Bremer Bank, we understand that success is always a team effort because right now, relationships matter more than ever and understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com. It's never too late to set the stage for well-being. Here's your well-being tip of the day from YMCA of the North. Researchers have found that physical activity has a direct impact on our moods. People feel more content, more awake, and calmer after being physically active. Start with a low-intensity aerobic exercise. Even a short burst of 10 minutes of brisk walking increases our mental alertness, energy, and positivity. Get started on your exercise journey with a Y membership at ymcanorth.org forward slash membership. New Year, more money, honey. Are you a minority or women-owned business in the Twin Cities and ready to take your business to the next level? Then I got the perfect opportunity for you. Hy-Vee's Opportunity Inclusive Business Summit is taking place on Thursday, February 9th at U.S. Bank Stadium's Polaris Room in a space donated by your Minnesota Vikings. This summit will be a day full of networking and professional development activities. The day also will include a pitch competition where local minority and women-owned businesses will showcase their products or services for the chance to win up to $30,000. You heard that right, $30,000. As a matter of fact, Hy-Vee is still taking submissions to be considered for the pitch competition, but time is running out. Go to HyVOpportunitySummit.com by Thursday, January 12th to submit your application for your chance to pitch your product or business and win up to $30,000. 2023 is your year to jumpstart your small business. Register now for Hy-Vee's Opportunity Inclusive Business Summit at HyVOpportunitySummit.com to attend the expo and network with other business professionals. And if you're ready to win some money for your business, submit your application for the pitch competition for a chance to win up to $30,000. Register now and get your spot at Hy-Vee's Opportunity Inclusive Summit by Thursday, February 9th at U.S. Bank Stadium's Polaris Room. Space donated by your Minnesota Vikings. 